If you're like me, you care about getting the most from your workouts, which means wearing the finest performance gear. You know, fabric that dries quickly and has superior moisture wicking properties. Fabric so soft and comfortable, you could, well, curl up and sleep in it. Introducing Sheeks, spelled S-H-E-E-X, the world's first performance bedding line. Sheeks began when two former elite athletes and coaches had an aha moment, combining everything we love about quality performance fabric with everything we love about comfortable, irresistible bedding. Unlike traditional sheets that trap heat, sheets are breathable, so you aren't constantly waking up to throw off covers or add a blanket. So you sleep deeper, longer, and better. And sheets bedding looks as good as it feels. Colors and styles that can match any decor at a price that will pleasantly surprise you. And right now, you can try sheets for 30 nights risk-free. Just go to sleepcoolnow.com. Use promo code 1212 and get $40 off any sheet set. That's sleepcoolnow.com promo code 1212. Sleepcoolnow.com, 1212. This is hour number two of the World According to Zig podcast for this March 9, 2019. My name is John Ziegler. I am your host of this show where you can still get the truth about the news of the day from a conservative perspective in this world turned upside down. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And this week we're doing things a little bit differently on the World According to Zig podcast. We're doing not one but two uh, very important interviews. Hour number one was an exclusive interview with Brandy Jackson, the niece of Michael Jackson, who uh, dated through her entire teenage years the star of the uh, film on HBO, Leaving Neverland, and she has explosive uh, reasons to believe that Wade Robeson, uh, that uh, star of Leaving Neverland, is not telling the truth about his abuse regarding Michael Jackson, which he alleges occurred for seven years, from the age of seven to the age of 14. If you have not yet heard hour number one, I urge you to do so. And in conjunction with hour number one, we're doing an hour number two, because I feel so passionately about this so-called film, which I do not believe was fair, and I do not believe it portrayed an accurate perception of reality. We're doing an hour number two with another member of the Jackson family, and he is Taj Jackson. He is the uh, also a nephew of Michael Jackson, the son of Tito Jackson. He's the family uh, point person in the media on this uh, particular issue, and he joins us in studio. Uh, Taj, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Let's explain, by the way, because I think it gives good context to uh, where uh, you and Brandy are coming from. You are speaking to me in studio. I did my interview with Brandy at the the Jackson family home in Calabasas. Yeah. And the reason why I did that was because Brandy is working today. Brandy's like working and working. Like, yeah, right. She's, she works a real job. Yes. And I think that's important because there's a perception. Yeah. That you guys, even uh, the you know the nieces and nephews of the Jackson Five, are somehow living off of the high life of yeah, Michael Jackson. Exactly. Do you agree that that's the perception? I know that's the perception. I think you know the perception is is that we just you know every album Michael Jackson sells, we just get a cut of and. I honestly wish that was the case, but I can tell you by my bank account that is not the case at all. Right. So you guys, your generation, yeah. uh, the nieces and nephews, you're, you're working for a living. Now, I, obviously, yeah. it helps to have Michael Jackson. 100%. 100%. But, but you're working for a living. You don't have any financial stake yeah. in his estate, correct? No. In terms of, you know, obviously, 
his reputation means something to us because sure. I do music. So, you know, the Jackson brand is the Jackson brand, but we're not making money off of, you know, there's the estate lawsuit. We're not going to see any of that. Right. So the point of this is that Brandy, uh, it works a real job and she would have joined us with you. Yeah. But I, I made the special trip to Calabasas yesterday to do that interview. And then and you were able to make it here on a Saturday in yeah. studio uh, in, in Los Angeles. So, so with that out of the way, I'm curious, what do you what do you make of Brandy's story and how important it is to understanding why leaving Neverland may not have been remotely fair? Well, I think Brandy's story and Brandy's whole history with Wade throws everything out of the water. You know, it, it really their whole narrative of Michael grooming Wade, you know, when you realize that my uncle Michael set them up in a way, it mm -hmm. kind of throws the whole narrative and it's it's. I feel purposely that media and people are ignoring her story because it is so explosive. Well, let's talk about that because, yeah. um, you know, I, I've done a lot of high profile interviews in my career, uh, a lot of exclusive interviews, but this one really baffles me as to how it is that, that I end up on a podcast uh, doing the first extensive interview yeah. with Brandi Jackson when she should be on every network morning television yeah. show and, in fact, had been booked on at least yeah. one, yeah. and you tried to book her on others. Yeah. Explain why that hasn't happened. Well, that's the whole point. Like, you see it with other people. It's like they always bring in the, the girlfriend or the wife of something. You know, they always – or the ex of something. They always bring in those people. So it's kind of weird that in this scenario they're not interested in hearing her side. Well, and let's be clear. She was booked on Good Morning America yeah. uh, with you. Yeah. And at the very last moment, you guys that got – That same day, yeah. You guys got bumped. Yeah. Now – you and I have talked off uh, air about how that could be. And I'm not a conspiracy person. I'm always trying to figure out yeah. the most logical mm -hmm. Oxum's razor. Uh, <laughs> and, and look, incompetence in the news media is rampant. Yeah. Uh, and and, and there, when you get involved in a bureaucracy, oftentimes decisions are made without full knowledge. Mm -hmm. uh, what is your assessment of whether this was just a situation where ABC thought that they had lost the, the exclusive on the Jackson family response and maybe didn't know what brandy brought to the table because it hasn't been out there in a very public way or whether or not maybe there's something else going on here that maybe they feel like brandy's story because it's so it's so devastating to to ray yeah. robeson's story is perhaps too dangerous for them what, do you, what do, where, think where it, are you on that i think it's the latter i think it's too dangerous for them but also i think that they're they really it 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 kills everything that they're really saying for for in terms of wade it really does, be, and I think that's the scenario. Because as you can see with Brandy's interview, it is it's very explosive, and she has a lot to say. And it just common sense. I mean, if if somebody was being sexually abused by Michael Jackson at the exact same time when they're dating them, yeah, I think every human, but particularly based upon my experience so far, every woman yeah. instinctively knows. Yep. Wait a minute. That, first of all, doesn't make sense in the context of his allegations. And let's be very clear. See, I, I, it frustrates me that people don't put things in the proper context. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If Wade Robeson is telling the truth, this mm -hmm. wasn't just Michael Jackson tried to abuse yep. me one it's not time. not one time, right, it's not right. two times. Right. He said hundreds of times. Right, and, and over seven years. Over seven. Starting as a seven-year-old. Yep. Okay, this is, this is as devastating... Mm -hmm 
for a man, man on child mm-hmm. sex abuse. This this would this would annihilate his confidence. This would annihilate his his uh, functionality mm-hmm. to to be as a normal human being in a sexual relationship. Mm-hmm. And yet, Brandy experiences nothing yeah. like that. Yeah, uh, and so. To me, just from a and, and there are other elements too. It's way beyond that. It's way beyond that. But, way way beyond that, and some of that, which by the way, you can verify, yeah, mm-hmm. and we'll get to in a minute. But but to me, uh, you guys got to get her out there. And yeah. I, and and, and it, I hope that maybe in some small way, the interview that we've done can get it out there and and let the and at least have the media say, wait a minute, maybe we should hear this person. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think it's also up to the public to demand the truth. You know, I think that helps as well because the media listens to the public and listens to public demand. If they want to know the truth, you know, Brandy's a great person to do that. That's a great point. I mean, if you're somebody who's frustrated by the media ignoring this, share the interview yeah. and, and, exactly. and, and tweet it, Facebook, it, Instagram, whatever you want. And I think uh, that that absolutely has an influence over the media. Oh, yeah. If they see that a story is popular, they'll go, "Oh, well, maybe we should take a look at exactly. that." Exactly. All right. So, so maybe we'll. Maybe- and, and and to bring up to that point, before uh, when we first started doing interviews, people didn't even want me on on to to to, to join my uncles, you know. But as I started talking, they realized, oh, you know more about Wade than the uncles do. Well, that's and, a good transition because you. Part of the reason why I asked you on is that you also had a relationship with Wade Robeson. Yeah. Obviously, it wasn't sexual. Yeah, I was let's be say, clear. Yeah, let's be clear say. about that, yeah, right? Yeah. In fact, I, mean, I, I find it. This sounds uh, a weird way to phrase it, but you would think that the that the Neverland uh, so-called documentary, which is about you know alleged uh, sexual activity mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. Michael Jackson and and these two guys. They, they might talk to the one Jackson family member who has acknowledged having sexual contact yeah. with Wade Robeson. Don't, yeah. you, don't you think that, yeah. that, that person would, that would be, be worth... pretty important, yeah. You would think not only would they, they at least would mention yeah. that person's existence. Yeah. They don't even mention Brandy's existence. No, they do not. Which, to me, they could be telling the truth. I guess as a documentary filmmaker myself, I'm looking at this okay, and going, exactly. and I'm going, wait a minute. That's a huge red flag because if you're afraid of giving me all the information, what are you hiding? Seven years, uh, over seven years worth of you know of a relationship right. during the crucial time period that supposedly this is right. happening. So if if you're telling the truth, deal with that. Yeah. That's something you got to deal with at the very they least. Had Wade's wife on. Right. You know? And well, and she never, and had she any, wasn't around during that right, time. She period. had no knowledge at all <laughs> yeah, of so, this. So why not have Brandy on? Right. Well, and and I'm wondering, and this goes back to yeah. incompetence versus conspiracy. And I'm an incompetence person. I I will bet that Dan Reed, the director, who I do not like mm-hmm. uh, and do not trust, I'll bet he has no idea Brandy exists because how would he? Yeah. Who? I mean, because Ro- Wade's not going to tell Wade him. Didn't, yeah. He. I, I bet Wade never even mentioned her name. You know, Wade's very, um, Wade's about Wade, you know, and if it doesn't fit his narrative or if it doesn't help him in, in some way, he's not going to met. he mentioned Brittany, but he did not mention Brit in the, in the documentary. He, he talked something about, but he doesn't acknowledge having an affair with Brittany Spears. <laughs> no, he, is- do, he, he leaves, he conveniently leaves certain parts out of that, you know, right. and that, but he mentioned that he danced for Brit because any name that's a big name that can make it him sound better you know, now if Brandy was, you know, a superstar, he would have mentioned her. Well, I'm not, see, I'm not sure that that's the case. I think he knows that the Brandy story is devastating to his, yeah. his narrative. It's, and it's, it, it's, it's beyond explosive. It's beyond devastating. 
it literally contradicts everything. And I, I, having done a lot of interviews in this round, way more than I would have ever wanted to, because I hate this this subject matter, as, yeah. as, as everyone understandably does. But one of the things that I have uh, learned about liars, mm -hmm. and I do believe that Wade Robeson is lying. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not as convinced about uh, James Safechuck, mm -hmm. and we'll get to him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, um, but one of the things I've learned about liars is that they often make things up either consciously or subconsciously to cover the problems in their own story. And it's interesting that Wade tells ne ne Leaving Neverland that Michael had told him not to trust girls mm -hmm. and that was like he was pushing him away from yeah. girls when in fact yeah. according to brandy michael was setting him up yeah. with girls yeah. his own niece yep. now that to me that's a classic and and, and when i heard that uh, you know that that exactly how you're feeling is exactly how i was feeling and when brand that's why brandy when she tweeted it was effective but it never got picked up by major media before we get further into Wade and and a part of Brandy's story involving what happens after Michael Jackson dies, which mm -hmm. I think is critical, and you have some some information that's new to me that, that you just presented to me, I want to go back yeah. to 2013 when Wade first tells his story to the Today Show. Mm -hmm. And um, and I have a theory as to how you guys, uh, and I want to say you guys, the, the state, the entire Jackson family apparatus. Yeah. By the way, backing up even further... <laughs> One of the things that the, the director of this film references both in the documentary and outside is don't trust the Jackson family machine that's, yeah. going, that's going to destroy the accusers. Yeah. I have to tell you, um, you know, you guys are all very good people, but having dealt with you and Brandy and, and uh, TJ, uh, there is no Jackson family I, machine, I, yeah, is there? No, and, and, and I hate to say this, and this sounds very, you know, but our career, our music career shows there's no Jackson machine, you know, and that if there's a Jackson machine, our, our music, our, me and my brother's music career would have been a lot stronger. I mean, you guys are basically freelancing in defense of your own uncle who yeah. you love and know. Yeah. And, and because you know, the people involved in this, yeah. there, there literally is now you have a you know, the state has a lawyer, yeah. Howard Weitzman will send some letters or whatever. But I mean, as an example of how much there's not a Jackson family machine, I happen to know Tom Mesero yeah. pretty well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he was Michael's criminal defense yeah. attorney. Mm -hmm. Now, if there was a Jackson family machine, Tom Mesero would be uh, being paid right now mm -hmm. to be doing all sorts of interviews. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Instead, Tom Mesero's in Dallas, yeah. Texas, can't even respond to me in a prompt <laughs> way because he's in trial yep. mode. Exactly. Right? Yep. I mean, so th th there is no Jackson family machine. No, there is no, no. Jackson okay. family machine. All right. Machine. So let's be, that's, I think that's important for, Good. for yeah, context. For the, yeah. So let's go to, to where I think the Jackson family machine that doesn't exist <laughs> failed. Yeah. And that is back in 2013. Mm -hmm. Wade Robeson out of nowhere, yep. after being a huge Michael Jackson supporter and having testified mm -hmm. first at his trial, mm -hmm goes on the Today Show. Now, what's interesting to me about this is I happened, and I haven't gone back and done the timeline, but I did a Today Show interview with Matt Lauer either right before or at, oh, right wow. after yeah. Wade Robeson, and I was in very close contact with Matt Lauer and, and his people at that time. And I remember very specifically, they asked me what I thought of Wade because they were having their own doubts wow. about mm -hmm. him. Okay, mm -hmm. now they never expressed this publicly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. But, but they had their doubts about him. And he does this interview, and it makes... A, it's a news story, but it's not yeah. huge. Mm -hmm. It's not an earth-shattering story because it's 
it's one person. Michael's been dead for four yep. years. There's a hesitancy on the part of the media to pick it up because it's, you know, he's suing. Mm -hmm. He has a financial motive. Mm -hmm. And uh, my sense, uh, Taj, is in retrospect, that, and, and after I'm speaking to Brandy, that you guys were so confident that no one was going to believe Wade Robeson's story that you just kind of let it hang out there instead of destroying it when it was in its infancy. Is that a fair assessment on my part? That is a perfect assessment. And it's not that we were confident. I actually, it's the Jackson way to ignore stuff, um, to not give it any light. Um, I actually was out in the forefront at that point. Um, I had, I, that's when I actually announced that I had been sexually abused on my mom's side of the family. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. I, okay. that, and I actually did that in response. I said, how dare you Wade do this? You know, I, I am a sexual abuse survivor and I know you are lying and, um, that's not, now, so I mean, who, who sexually abused you? My uncle, um, my uncle on my mom's side of the family. And, and when was the first time you ever spoke about that? I told my mom right away. I, so in contemporaneously, you told your mom. I told my mom right away. Um, I told all is, my all my girlfriends knew. All my exes knew. And is your uncle still alive? No, he's not. His, and, his and, name's Uncle Chuck. And, it, and did you go to his funeral? No. I, not only did I go to his funeral, I never saw that guy again. And my mom made sure I never saw that okay, guy well, again. Well, this is all important for context. Yeah, in, yeah. In, in, I didn't want anything to do with this guy. And, and not only was it me, it was my brother Terrell as well. And he came out later. I didn't feel... The need to right. to, to mention how his old name. were you? I was around ten or nine, so about the same age. As, it happened as Wade. one time, and I made sure it never happened again. And, and you immediately told your mom. I told immediately my, told everybody else. There's, a, there's more to the story. My mom and I found this out later. Uh, my mom actually told my uncle Michael. She confided in my uncle Michael because mm -hmm. I think she knew my dad would literally probably kill him. You mm -hmm. know, that's the natural response. Is you know, my dad. I knowing my dad, he would have went after the guy. Okay. So my mom confided in my uncle Michael. My uncle Michael writes this letter, this message to my mom, and sends her an article, and um, it's it's an amazing article, and I'll, I'll read. It's a, it's about thirty seconds long. I can okay. read it right now. It says, "Didi, please read this." Oh, well, this is from Michael. This is from Michael. This was oh. found. Okay. I didn't know at at the time. Okay. And it says, but it, there. All I'll right. send you a link. You can. No, that's you fine. Can check this it. is Michael to whom? To my mom. Okay. And my mom's name's Didi. Okay. Didi, please read this article about child molestation, and please read it to Taj. TJ and Terrell, it brings out that even your own relatives can be molesters of children, or even aunts and uh, um, uncles and aunts molesting nephews and nieces. Please read. Love, MJ. See, now the problem with that is that once you are perceived as a pedophile, which, as many people perceive Michael Jackson to be, and let me be clear, I, I wish I knew either way. Yeah. I, mean, I, I am. I am confident that Wade Robeson is not telling the truth. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish I knew whether or not uh, yeah. Michael was a pedophile. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I'm somewhat agnostic on that yeah. issue, although I have to say <laughs> I used to believe 100% he was guilty, but the yeah. more I learn, the no. less confident I am in that. Yeah. But, but, but the point of that, my point here is, there were people who are convinced he's a pedophile will look at that as evidence, further evidence that he's a pedophile. Because this is him knowing that, look, even I do this, so therefore I'm warning you about others. You see that, you see that you're in an impossible situation Yeah, that, Well, that's the whole point. But I mean, in terms of, you got to remember, I spent over thousands of hours with my Uncle Michael, you know. Thousands. Thousands. And, and, and that's not an exaggeration. I can confidently say thousands of hours. I mean, from literally him holding me as a baby all the way up to his death, I was around my Uncle Michael um, and my brothers as well. And so 
my mom was in that situation that Joy was in or that J- James's mom was in. You know, she was in that situation. And that's the thing. My uncle was never like that. My uncle was always trying to protect children. And I think they took advantage of it. No, I'm not denying I know, that. I know. I'm just saying, oh, I'm in a no-win situation. I've, I've been in interviews where people, where I've said, you know, isn't it weird that Wade would go to my uncle's memorial right after and, and, and right after would be, you know, do um, tribute shows. He was dancing right. behind Jen. They go, oh, well, it's not uncommon for, you know, a, an abuse victim to love their abuser. And it's like. But it, it, see, to me, there's got to be some rules here. There has to there, be. There, ru- there has to be some. And, 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 and consistency. And I've, I've said, which why I don't believe Wade Robeson, at the very least, yeah. his story doesn't qualify for the threshold necessary yeah, yeah. to be in a film. Maybe he is, you know, is it theoretically possible he's telling some level of truth? I guess so, but as I said, if he is, then we might as well throw out our entire judicial system yeah. because I have studied these kinds of stories for years and I have never seen a story that is more heavily contradicted by someone's own words and actions mm-hmm. than by Wade Robeson. And to me, okay, I'm and I'm willing. To, I am seriously. I am willing to give uh, uh, accusers every benefit Me of the too. doubt Me too. because no one wants to, to to say that a real accuser is lying. And I'm sure you feel the same way. Mm-hmm. But when someone dies, when that when your abuser dies, frankly, I think the the line of demarcation here is when they're on trial for their lives mm-hmm. and you're on the stand under oath, then you might as well tell the truth at that's that point. The, that's the best uh, time to tell the truth. R- r- that's r- the, when you're most protected. Right, you're most protected. And by the way, it's also important to point out at that moment, everyone in the world who's followed the story knows Michael Jackson's insurance company is paying millions yeah. of dollars mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. accusers. Mm-hmm. So you have you have a huge incentive yeah. to not perjure yourself, mm-hmm. put your abuser behind bars, and cash yeah. out in a huge <laughs> way. <laughs> but if but if for some reason, mm-hmm. as a 22 year old who's already had affairs with Britney Spears mm-hmm. while she's dating Justin Timberlake, this is not a wallflower here. This <laughs> is a guy who's been around the block. Yeah. All right, not his first rodeo. If he's unwilling to do that. When your abuser dies, that's that's last call to me. Yeah. That's last call. Last call for accusers. Mm-hmm. The guy is dead. He can do nothing against yeah. you now. Yeah. You're free. You're free. And and Wade Robeson doesn't remotely do that. In fact, Wade, and let's talk about your experiences here. Wade Robeson and his family does exactly mm-hmm. the opposite. Yeah. Talk about what happens when Michael Jackson dies and your experience with Wade Robeson and his family. Well, before my experience, within 24 hours, he calls So You Think You Can Dance, basically wanting to do a tribute. He says, if there's any tribute for Michael Jackson, I want to be involved in it. That's within 24 hours Mm -hmm. of Michael Jackson passing. Um, I, in my head, know... So he's already thinking how he can cash in He's already thinking about him. And and that's why I said, Wade's always about Wade. I started thinking, okay, what family was always around my uncle that might slip through the cracks? And the Robinson family was one of them in terms of I was like, okay, I need to make sure that they're at this funeral. Mm-hmm. So I contacted Wade. Um, I had a friend that kept saying, Wade don't needs wants to, you to contact him. So I contacted Wade and said, hey, did anyone like invite you to this? And he's like, no, you know, oh my God, you know, thank you so much, blah, blah, blah. And so the email that I'm showing basically says he, he, he invites his whole family in this email. Right. I have an email in yeah. my hands where it says, uh, Hey, it's Wade Robeson. Here is my list for the MJ Memorial on Tuesday, the 7th, uh, 2009. And then it gives the whole Robeson family. Not and his just, wife. And his, 
I mean, wow. Okay. Yeah. And this is at the, this is a huge event. This is uh, at the Stable Center. Mm-hmm. Every, you know, mm-hmm. this is the place to be. Yeah. Um, and uh, is there anything else in here that's important for me to? to I don't. Re- know. Oh, thank you so much. Love Wade Robeson is how yeah. he he ends this email to yeah. you. Uh, and and he also texts you afterwards. Uh, yeah. Afterwards, he texts you. Says Taj, thank you so much. For helping us out. So much love to you and the whole family. Please send my love. That's July 7th, 2009. And then a few months later, he texts you, Hey man, it's Wade. How are you? Uh, just reaching out to you. If you need any help with your film, uh-huh. let me know. Love to catch up with MJ's kids as well. Yeah. Now, how did you interpret or how did how did you interpret that at the time and how do you interpret that now? Um at the time, well, the film I was doing a tribute to my uncle um, called Cozy, and that's online. So anyone can t- double check that, verify that, and um, check up with the kids or, or contact with the kids. Joy told me at the, you know, because we were all at Havenhurst, she said her biggest fear was to lose contact with this family. That was uh-huh. Joy's biggest fear. So when did she say this? She said that after the memorial. Okay. Yeah. Now, what's. You, do you have more on that? Because I, I want to make sure you go ahead with because I want to make sure you're aware of what Brandy told me. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 I kind of know little bits, but I would love to hear. Okay. So Brandy tells a very fascinating story in retrospect. Okay. About what happens with her after Michael dies. Okay. And let's be let's be clear here. She's had no contact with the Robesons because. Wade cheated on her with Britney Spears and others many times. Right, and yeah. and so she had, she had a bad breakup. Yeah, and so now we're several years later, and Joy Robeson, Wade's mom, calls her and makes this bizarre play to try to make sure that that uh, the kids are are positioned in a way. Michael Jackson's mm-hmm. kids mm-hmm. are positioned in a way so that she would have more access to yep. them. Mm-hmm. Now that is like off the charts. Bizarre. First of all, she's even calling yeah. uh, 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 Brandy because she's had no contact and her son cheated on her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she has no place, no business, yeah. even making that plea. And Brandy says she immediately interpreted this as they're, what you already implied, they're looking for a way to stay connected to the Jackson yeah. family because the Jackson family is their meal ticket. Yep. And Michael's dead. Yeah. And they're now terrified. Oh, goodness. If we lose this connection, then what's going to become of us? Yep. Right? And then Wade calls her. Yeah. Because it's clear. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. Okay. So you didn't know about this? No. Okay. So so it's clear that the Joy phone call doesn't go well because mm-hmm. Brandy's having none of it because Brandy's a sharp cookie. Yeah, she is. Right? And so... So then Wade calls her and gives her the lovey-dovey, hey, babe, how you been? I miss you. You miss me. Like, and she's like, dude, I don't miss you at all. And, uh, and, and pretends he's not married. Uh, and, and Brandy is convinced 100%. This is, again, right after Michael yeah, has died. Yeah. So it, it is clear, even at the time it was clear to her, but it's even retrospect, now even more clear, now that he's become an accuser mm. several years later, that this was all a play out of desperation to maintain a an in a hook yep. a foothold with the family. Do, do you have anything that, to add or no? Or I mean, na- Wade's whole thing is Michael Jackson in terms of when he's connected with Michael Jackson, he's relevant, 
and when he's not, he's not relevant. And that, I mean, so it doesn't surprise me. And in retrospect of, of hearing that story, you know, I was the one that let him back in, in a way. That's why I feel betrayed because he didn't have access through Brandy's channels anymore. I, I was the one that said, hey, Wade and hey, family, do you want to come to this memorial? So I almost let him back into, so in retrospect, I feel and betrayed in, in that way. And understandably, and in, 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 in that context, See the the um, the Never, leaving Neverland film does try to deal with because even even they felt like this was a problem. Yeah. They try to deal with Wade's reaction to Michael's death, going to the memorial and praising Michael. I mean, praising <laughs> not just praising. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. Wade praises him like he's a god. Yeah, no, like exactly, a, like yeah. a god. Like yeah. literally, the he. I think he says something to the effect of he's the greatest human that has ever been born mm -hmm. or something along those in lines. That, in that line, yeah. Right. And then he writes a chapter in the book in the Michael Jackson opus. Talk about that well the thing is is that he writes you know it's called my mentor and it's basically praising how you know how michael jackson is this person that he now he realizes that there's good in the world and all that stuff and it's like it's just crazy to me that someone can do that 180 and like and, and i don't want to say live with themselves but sleep at night with it well in retrospect especially now that i've heard brandy's story it's obvious to me what's really going on there it's that he is going over the top mm -hmm. in his what he perceives to be his last opportunity to connect himself yep. to Michael Jackson because now it's last call. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I well, mean, the circus Soleil was the last call. That well, was the thing. Well, what I mean by last call is this, this is your chance to show the world when the world still cares deeply because they're saying goodbye to Michael Jackson yeah. that mm -hmm. you're part of this story. Yeah, that you are as close to Michael as anybody yep. could be, uh -huh. and and then hopefully that. That will connect you to the family long enough mm -hmm. to where you can continue to take advantage of it. Yeah. Now let's get to the next step of that. Parting part of taking advantage of that was supposed to be him choreographing this Cirque du Soleil show. Yeah. That, um, and and there's a videotape of Wade. I think <laughs> yeah. it's Inside Edition. Is I it? don't know where <clears throat> where it's from, but there is a video of him basically talking about this as if he already has it. Right. He yeah. has the job. He's yeah. effectively bragging that he's yeah. this is, that his, is he's gonna he's working on this is his next gig. Yeah. I'm gonna be choreographing this Michael Jackson yeah. Yeah. show. And that does not end up happening. That doesn't end up happening. This ha is in 2012, I believe, right? Yeah, I'm not very good with right. years, but I, I know that's that, right. I yeah. That's right. But basically it not only does it not happen, I think the thing is is that it had to get approved by the estate. So in his eyes, he thought it was going to happen, but the estate went with someone else. Actually. And you have no idea why. I think it was from lack of experience. They went with someone that was more experienced. They went with someone named Jamie King, who's, um, I mean, I don't know the whole thing of the estate, what their reasons were, because I didn't even know the behind the scenes of all this. Right. I just know that basically Wade thought he was going to get this. Wade even in, in his emails said he's the perfect person for the job. He wants to make you know, himself proud. You know the public proud and Michael proud. You know, right? Well, I mean, I can understand why he thought he was going to get the. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, he was a well-known choreographer. Hundred percent. In sync, Britney Spears, the connection to Michael yeah, Jackson, Wade Robson uh, project. He 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 definitely and 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 I honestly feel, and this is the truth. I honestly feel if he would have gotten that job, we wouldn't be here today talking. about I agree this. with that. I based upon my reading. Th that of the was timeline, the turning point. Based upon my reading of the timeline, if he gets that job, we're not discussing this because that's 2012-ish. And then by 2013, he's suddenly suing and going on the Today Show yeah. with Matt Lauer. But, now, that, that's not a coincidence, no. folks. Well, he was right. He's, <laughs> right after that, he starts – well, right after the um, Cirque, Cirque thing, he starts writing a book. 
about sexual that he got sexually abused by Michael Jackson. And no one's picking it up. Well, first of all, it was secret. Mm-hmm. And then he went to publishers. No one picked it up. And that's when the estate thing happened. But they found out we found out about the book. Okay, now he he is sued, mm-hmm. and uh, on multiple occasions in multiple ways, and and this lawsuit is is interesting, and I think really important for people to understand. Not because it just because it gives a financial motive, mm-hmm. which is important. Uh, you know, the director of of uh, Leaving Neverland tries to pretend that th- this is not about money for them; it's about yeah. justice. Mm-hmm. Well, then why are you suing for millions of dollars? Yeah. You know, make it make it one dollar. Make then. it make it make it symbolic. Make it one dollar. Right. If that's really what this we is, we shouldn't about. give them any any ideas because they'll probably they've been watching everything we've said and every hole that we create. They've tried to fill it in with something. Well, by the way, there's another fine. It's important to point out there's another financial incentive is which which is that he and his wife have this charity yep. in Hawaii five hundred one c three which Apparently, and I didn't know this, apparently, <clears throat> because it's in Hawaii, this is going to give him, and it's a charity, a foundation for sex abuse, I guess, survivors or mm-hmm. uh, help or whatever it is. It, that's the subject matter. So you go on HBO in this high-profile fashion. Of course, I'm sure they're getting donations to this yep. to this charity, this foundation. But in Hawaii, the rules are incredibly lax. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, you don't have to report wh- where the money comes from. So this effectively is a money-making venture for him. It's always which, been. Which yeah. never which leaving Neverland does not want to accept or acknowledge yeah. that effectively that's a money-making venture because they can take a salary, they can do whatever they want essentially yeah. with that money. So uh, you you got more on that or no? Um yeah, in about that. Yeah, but if you if you're on a roll then <laughs> <laughs> No, you're you're, you're I, I mean you know a lot about this too and I'm I think it's important well, when it That's when, the way I roll. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> You've done your homework, which is great. Um part of the 2016 deposition, they actually discovered notes from Wade Robson that were written. Okay, let's go let's go that's actually where I was going next. Oh, I, okay. Right, okay. See. So so this so this lawsuit. Yeah. I, when I originally wrote about leaving Neverland, Mm -hmm. I wrote that uh, the lawsuit was tossed out for statute of limitations issues, which is technically true, but it doesn't tell the full story. Doesn't tell the full story. The full story is way, way, way worse. And that gets to where we're going here. Well, let me just set you up here. The way I interpret that lawsuit now is that, that the emails that came out in discovery of that lawsuit, one, let's address this one at a time which I think is where you were going, yep. they effectively give a blueprint for how Wade was trying to recreate his story. Yeah. Talk, talk about that. Yeah, I mean, basically, in the, the deposition, Wade like contradicts himself three or four different times, and the judge basically said, he, you're not credible, and threw out his whole testimony. Well, it, it's even, my interpretation, yeah, yeah, is even no. a little bit worse than that, in that the, he didn't just contradict himself, the emails proved that he lied. Yeah. That, I, 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 you know, the the hard thing for me, I'm not a vicious person. So I soften things up and yeah, I shouldn't do that. This, you is, are this is not the time to, 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 to hit lightly, you know, but I'm just, and you, you know, me and Brandy have that nature, but at the same time, this is our uncle's The rep- judge said he lied. The judge said <laughs> he perjured himself and struck his testimony. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I know. I'm just, that's just me. And I, that's the fault I have. But at the same time, you know, in discovery, they found this written note from Wade that basically says, you know, and this is his, and he never, he actually acknowledged this. My story of abuse and its effects will make me relatable slash relevant. Who uses the, who uses the word relatable? I understand relevant. That's why I was saying Wade's whole thing is about being relevant. It's, you know, fame is a drug. 
Right. I've been famous. You know, when you're famous, you want to continue being famous and you, you'll find any means necessary to be famous. And that's what we I prefer with. infamy, by the yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's the thing with weight. It drives my wife crazy. Yeah. But <laughs> but uh but I'm I'm uh, anyway, I, I I kid. But the point I understand where you're going with that, but I see to me it's very very difficult. Because you're more into law. Yeah, so I, I get it. Yeah. Well, no, but I'm I'm trying to look for things that cannot be interpreted in any other way logically. Well, and, that, and, and you I'm, mean in terms of like he said that he didn't know about the estate, you know? Well, I think where I'm, where I'm trying to go with this is having dealt with these kind of issues before, a lot of times when a, an accuser is trying to fit their story into the statute of limitations, yep. it causes them to make missteps elsewhere. Yeah. And and I think that's what happened with Wade Robeson. It happened I, with Jimmy too, but we'll we'll talk about okay, that. After. Well, no, I, I absolutely. Yeah. I want to get to that, but here's what I mean by that. Like, there's the, one of the weirdest things about Wade Robeson's story is that he claims that he was abused until he was 14. Now that actually destroys a huge part of the entire Leaving Neverland narrative, yeah. mm-hmm. which is that as soon as boys hit puberty, Michael has no interest mm-hmm. in them anymore and he and he ditches them mm-hmm. for other boys. That's, yeah. that's, that's a huge yeah. part of the narrative. So why is he going to 14? The reason why he's going to 14 is he needs to push the date of his abuse back as far as he possibly can yeah. in order to jam it through the statute of limitations, correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. And, and so when you do that, you end up causing problems for your own story. Yeah. And Wade, I think, has clearly done that with the 14. And my guess is, and I, I don't, maybe you know this, my guess is he can't go further than 14 because the relationship with Michael effectively ends at that point, yep. right? There's no more proof of contact. Is that is that accurate? You really did your homework, which yeah, is, okay. I'm, very, I'm actually very <laughs> impressed. <laughs> Like I said, no, no joke. Roll. Seriously, yeah. So is so that's true then. Yeah, there's no more proof of contact. Yeah, after because 14. now all of a sudden he becomes more famous, and now there's you know there's more people, more eyeballs that can 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 say this is not true, Wade. This is not true, Wade. Right, and well, he's also he's moving on with his life. He's yeah. becoming uh, you know close to being an adult, mm-hmm. and uh, and it, just the natural course of events. Yeah. So so anyway, the point of all this is that there's not one shred. Not one. I mean, I guess my biggest thing is taking this out of Michael Jackson, who, again, I don't know if he was a pedophile or not, but taking this out of Michael Jackson, what scares the living daylights out of me about the Wade Robeson story is if Wade Robeson's story is allowed to stand and allowed to be believed, how in the world can anyone defend Mm -hmm. themselves, whether dead or alive, against any story? Because I've honestly... Taj, I've never seen one that is more contradicted mm. by their own actions and it makes less sense than Wade Robeson's does. Yeah. And 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 me doing interviews in, in the UK and stuff, I saw journalists and I saw presenters literally twist themselves in knots trying to to say, oh, this, you know, this is what because of this, or this. it's like stick to a timeline, stick to a um of what it happened, you know, in terms of it's very convenient. You know, th- th- there's a convenient factor to this. It's like, as I said before, like when... Well, well, it's interesting. You know, this goes, goes back to why they don't want to interview Brandy. They have, they're okay with you and Michael's brothers defending Michael in general, mm-hmm. but you're not actually allowed to confront yeah. an accuser. Yeah. Well, how does that work? Exactly. How do you... How, so, and, and Oprah was the perfect example of this. Yep. Oprah... 
Oprah tried to do this dance where she says, I don't know if Michael Jackson's guilty, but I believe these guys yeah. totally. Well, wait a minute. Yeah. How do you how does that work? And I'm giving them this global platform. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna give them the Oprah seal of approval. I'm basically mm. gonna sanctify them. And but but Michael Jackson fans, don't get all over me because I'm not saying Michael <laughs> yeah. is guilty. Wait, that's but that is the problem here. Yep. You you can't have it both ways. Yeah. Uh, you you have to not that I'm not saying you have to make a decision as to whether Michael is guilty or not, but you have to at least let the other side confront the accuser. Yeah. Because we we my gosh, we just saw with Jesse Smollett yep. that sometimes stories aren't true. Yeah. And, and and that's by somebody who's frankly kind of had the same level of celebrity as Wade Robeson. Yeah. Like, a, you know, a significant but minor mm. celebrity who wants to be relevant mm. and he and he has a lot to lose and he makes up a complete story mm. that's horrendous, What? but that got debunked because of the circumstances surrounding it. Frankly, I think Wade Robeson's story is less credible than yeah. Jussie Smollett's. I do too, but no one's looking into, n- the media is not looking into it. <sighs> okay. Um, let's... I want to talk to you about Michael in general, but yeah. let's but, but but let's talk about the other guy in the in the film, yeah. James Safechuck. Yeah, uh, because this this one, and I want to be clear, when I watch, I watched it the first time uh, before doing my homework, yeah, yeah. because I wanted to see it like an average yeah, viewer would, 100%. and I found them both to be very compelling. Yep, of course, uh, um, their stories were incredibly detailed. It was emotional, but not like overly emotional. I now believe, and let's start here, and this kind of eases into safe, Chuck. I now wonder whether or not Dan Reed wasn't really doing a documentary here, that he was really doing a uh, a feature film. Yeah. Where, I mean, he, I mean, he admits that he did three days of taping with one of them, I, I forget which one, and then two days with the other, and my understanding is that there's there's an indication, I don't know if maybe you have information on this, that he made sure, Reed did, that he and the accusers were the only two people in the room when the taping occurred. Now, I don't know that to be a fact. Do you? Do you have any- I don't know. I've heard that too, but I don't know that to be a fact. Okay, okay. Let's put that aside for a second. When you, I've done a lot of interviews. Yeah. I have never had to do three days of interviews mm-hmm. to get somebody's story yep. that's not that complicated a story. Yep. That is a red flag to me. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. That tells me we're doing lots of different takes and that this yeah. is a movie production, yeah. not a documentary. What's your sense on that? I, I'm a filmmaker as well. And so for me, I saw through all that. I saw the use of angles. I saw the use of lighting. Music. I saw the, the music. I saw the use of slow pan, um, slow zooms into them at certain points. The cutaways of Jimmy's handshaking, you know, when in reality, if you have something that devastating, why are you keeping it for 30 years? I can tell you right now, I would not keep, I would have burned that thing a long time ago, but he he kept it for 30 years. Kept what? You're the, the, the box or whatever that the his ring was in, you know. You know, one of the more dramatic scenes is where uh, James Safechuck shows this ring that was supposedly his yeah. wedding ring. That yeah, Michael exactly. Had given him. But my, I've seen a video where Michael talks about giving away his jewelry to everybody. To every, not only jewelry. I mean, my uncle paid for our, you know, high school education. You know, my uncle 
if he cared about you and just and you thought you needed something, it was like money wasn't something that it was if he could help people, he, he was willing to do that. Okay, but, but as far as the tactics used in the film, which you guys were not allowed to see before it came out. I I was on social media all the time saying, you know, even when Gail saw it um, on Oprah's or on Geffen, uh, David Geffen's boat with Oprah, mm-hmm. I said, funny, Gail, how you could see it. You know, before it You're talking about Gail King, CBS yeah. Morning Show host, yeah. good friend of Oprah Winfrey. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was like, how you know, how are you able to see it before the family's able to see it? Our family's able to see it, you know? So they purposely kept it away from us in a way because they knew the minute we saw this, we would start poking holes at it, and we did. And, of course, you know, that's the Jackson machine. That's what the Jackson machine does. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, uh, right. I, 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 we've already <laughs> dealt with that. But, the, okay, so... I am I am very suspicious about the tactics used, uh, and you can basically make. I mean, it's it's very it's kind of like um, doing a podcast versus doing a live radio show. Mm. I, I can be far. It's far more relaxing for me doing the taping because I know if I go down a road and, and somehow it, it ends up screwing up, I can always stop, stop. and redo it. Yep. It's just that, which is which. By the way, we hardly ever do because yeah. the interesting thing is that that the relaxation that that causes produces a better mm-hmm. broadcast in most cases. But when you know, like, like let's pretend for a second that yeah. they're faking this story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier to do yeah. that when you know the director's on your side, you know you're on tape, yeah. and if it goes down a path that doesn't work, you can just redo it. Yep, and, the, and, and, and that's the frustrating thing with us. And, and we've seen when they do live interviews, unless it's softball interviews like the Oprah one was, when they do actually— well, let's be—no one's pointed this out, and I, even I haven't. But I'm sure you noticed that James uh, James Safechuck during the Oprah interview was sweating profusely. Hundred percent, and he was letting Wade do all the talking in that. Oh, one. He was sweating yep. more than I've ever seen anyone sweat on top. That doesn't prove anything. I think but- he's going to crack. I honestly do. I mean, uh, just in terms of in general, I think, and this is my opinion. I think the guilt. I don't think he thought it was going to be as big as it was, and I think the guilt is getting to him. That's me. Based on what? Just how he's, I've seen, because in, in the UK, I had to watch interviews that they had done. And he looks not miserable because he's a you know, sexual abuse survivor. He looks miserable because almost as if he feels this guilt. Like, you know, the more they talk sure, about. Sure, that's not just your interpretation. No, this is this is other people's. And I don't go off of my interpretation. I'm too close to Who's, this. Who, what are, kind of other people's interpretation? And I'm not talking about fancy. I'm talking about neutral. I like to hear from neutral people. People okay. that have. That some of them actually believed my uncle was, you know, mm-hmm. because I don't need to be told something that I already think. I need to be mm-hmm. told from some, an sure, outside point good. of view. That's that's a good way to look yeah. at it. But so you've had people that you think are neutral say to you that, that outside you, our bubble, you know, that think that James is going to crack. That James looks like he has a lot of guilt with him, and that he's going to crack eventually. I'm hoping. I mean, I, I think you're gonna, you're a little naive because now uh, he there's there's a whole once Oprah has sanctified you. I mean, if there's any sign that he's going to crack, there's there, trust me, uh, people are going to put molding on that cracks. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> happening. I know, but at the same time, I can tell you the UK reception was not as good as the the US reception. Well, I think Piers Morgan had some exactly uh, some and that's impact a, on that, which that. is which is bizarre for me. I mean, I, you don't know this, but um, Piers Morgan and I did one of the most combative interviews in history of <laughs> television, it. in the history yeah. of television, when he was on CNN because he he was attacking me on the Penn State Joe Paterno case, which is exactly the same case. Yeah. And I, and and my perception of Piers is that Piers understands 
that you guys have an audience still. Yeah. That the Michael, the, the one thing you have going for you yeah. is that there is still a huge Michael Jackson worldwide audience that wants to hear the truth of this. Wants to hear and, the truth and wants to hear our side. That's right. the thing. Yeah. Which has not been, has been systematically uh, almost censored. I mean, yeah. almost censored. Censored is the best uh, word for that. Um, Okay, so let's talk specifically about Safe Chuck. I have a, a much more, and it's weird. Uh, expectations are everything in life, yeah. and 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 comparisons. I mean, Robeson's story is so ridiculous mm. that in a weird way it gives credibility to Safe Chucks. Yeah, yeah. You, you see what I'm saying? I know that's because a... it's not as ridiculous. Yeah. It's but but if it was alone, if Safe Chuck's story was alone, it would still be pretty easy to poke holes in yeah. it. Tell us about why. Well, the, that's the thing. I think. For, well, first of all, you know, Safe Chuck, a lot of his story comes straight from another source. And that's the Victor Gutierrez. Um, now that's conjecture, but it's it's not it's not it, or speculation, but it's informed speculation. I mean, he's using a lot of the same words, and and this is a book that was totally discredited, right? Yeah. I mean, and it, and knowing his lawyer and knowing the sources that his lawyer is going through, I mean, the fact is, is that they're saying they first say that James and and um, Wade's stories miraculously are very similar. And it's like, of course they're similar. They have the same lawyer and they've talked before. Now, are we sure they have the same lawyer? Yes, I'm 100% positive, Vince Finaldi. Okay, and that lawsuit is still ongoing even though it's been tossed out a couple times. Yes, it's still ongoing. And I know that also the lawyer, um, I have to be careful because they're, they're Sue Happy obviously as well, but we've had reports that he was feeding Radar Online false stories like, the 200 million um, settlements from Michael Jackson, 20 accusers. It's, you know, they feed the tabloids and the tabloids feed the media. Well, and let's be clear about how that works. And, and, and frankly, I think to a rational person, this might be one of the, at least for me, this is an area that goes to maybe Michael Jackson's totally innocent. And what me I mean, me too. And, with the 20 mil, and the what, 20, I, what yeah. I mean by that is this, because I've been through this game before when the stories get planted to create the perception that there's a horde of accusers mm -hmm. and that there's a boatload of money. Mm -hmm. And once you create that perception, what should happen is a boatload of accusers come, come forward, forward and further substantiate your story. But oddly, that hasn't happened. No, it's been the opposite. A, but, but, a, buttload. a boatload of people have actually come in defense of Michael Jackson that have that have every reason to to capitalize on this. Yeah, I mean, so in a rational world, if what they were saying is true, if Michael was really brazenly abusing Wade Robeson for seven years mm -hmm. uh, in front of everybody uh, and, and then setting him up with his own niece mm -hmm. uh, in the midst of this, I mean, if, if, we're, if we're talking that level of depravity, <laughs> then there should be... Dozens yeah. of people yeah. coming forward and saying, give me my millions. Yeah. And yet that hasn't happened, no. which I think, again, it doesn't prove it. But I'm like, wait a minute. That, that Why isn't this happening? This should be happening. Now, of course, there'll be people, people say, well, the estate has just paid everybody paid every, off. Yeah, they I've, just I've paid everybody that. off. Or threatened people. And, right, But there's no evidence no, of that. No. Wait, why is there evidence of some payoff, which 
you know, my understanding was was by the insurance company. Yeah, the 1993 uh, one. Right, that, yeah. Jordy Chandler. And we could let's talk about that because that's been something that I've heard. Where there's smoke, there's fire. I've heard that. You know, that's everyone's argument. Um, that was for the civil case. First of all, I actually was there. Um, when it first broke in August uh, of 1993, me and my brothers, we flew up to Asia to be with our uncle, Michael. Um, we, um, it was on his leg of his Asian tour. And he was so adamant about fighting this. He was so angry. He was every reaction that you would have. I'm not letting them do this to me. You know, he fought this till J to January, basically. He he let he let the media run wild. See, in the states, he didn't realize that the media had had a field day with this. The media had already accused of, just kind. Of, it's almost like deja vu now. The media already had ran with stories of. And let's be clear: there's no internet. Uh, in no, the, in, and, you can't and, fact check anything. Right, you're in Europe. You don't, you know you don't have a cell phone. Yeah. I mean, you, you, and and let's face it: Michael Jackson lives in a bubble to begin with. Hundred percent. So that is conceivable. That and he he's on tour. He's on tour. He doesn't fully understand what's happening. Exactly. And, and people don't want to give Michael Jackson bad news. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so I can see that happening. And so basically this starts happening. Then all of a sudden the lawyers start fighting to get this. Because at that point, the civil case was going to was going to go before the criminal case, which is highly unfair because mm. basically it's almost like seeing a playbook before it happens. Right. And so that's what they were fighting for. They're saying, hey, look, put the criminal case first. Then we can fight the um, civil right. case. That's what they were fighting. The judge ruled the opposite. Now it's illegal to do, I've heard, in California. Mm -hmm. And so my uncle said, you know what? I'm going to get rid of the civil case. I'm not saying I'm guilty. It's not. It wasn't even about child. In the, in the thing, it doesn't even say child abuse. It says negligence. He said, I'm going to get rid of this. But uh, sorry. They, he was st uh, he was still allowed to testify. Him and his family were still allowed to testify. Nothing from that settlement said you cannot testify in the 1994 case or the 2005 case. All right. So so that's I, not really hush money if you're allowed to I, testify. And I get that, but it's it's still a tough hurdle for me. Yeah, go ahead. Um well, I don't I'm not even that I, I've tried to make this distinction which maybe is too fine a distinction to make that my dog in this hunt is this documentary is not true. Yeah, okay. And so I would rather leave the the general issue not a side totally because yeah. it's clearly part of this. It, it but, combat, but, com and then there are, and I do want to talk to you about more about the general issue yeah. a little bit later. But let me, for for the moment, can we get back to James Safechuck? Yeah, because because uh, we started down that path, and I've thought a lot about okay, what's the biggest problem with Safechuck's story? And I think I found it, uh, and I'm, I don't know whether or not you will agree or not. But the the essence of um, uh, Safechuck's difference with Wade is that Safe Chuck did not testify at Michael mm -hmm. Jackson's trial. Mm -hmm. Now, he did give testimony in the civil case mm -hmm. and said Michael never abused him, but mm -hmm. he was pretty young at that point. He's mm -hmm. a, he's about five years older than than Wade Robeson, but yeah. he's still young, yeah. uh, maybe too young to really for sure take his word back in that uh, civil case. But by the time the criminal case comes around, he's like 27 years old, mm -hmm. And uh, you know, it's be, and he's been an entertainer his whole life. He's mm -hmm. been on stage his whole life. So, so there should be nothing theoretically to be afraid of. Mm -hmm. And in the documentary, he gives this narrative that Michael calls him mm -hmm. and is angry and wants him to testify. And uh, he basically says, "Look, 
uh, you know, I'm done with you and I'm not, you don't need to worry about me. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to testify against you, but I'm going to, uh, take a pass on testifying. And then he, and it's supposedly, while he doesn't tell anyone of his abuse, mm -hmm. he tells his mom that Michael is, I forget the exact words, bad Michael's man. an evil man. man. He's a bad man. <laughs> By the way, he's 27 yeah. years old. He's a, he's a, it's not like he's 12. Michael's a bad man, yeah. but okay, whatever. So he tells his mom who thinks of Michael Jackson as his own, her own son. Mm -hmm. Let's be clear. So the biggest Michael defender, uh, defender supporter there is, is his mom describes in the film as, she thinks of herself as Michael's mom. And uh, and so based upon that one phrase, that's all we know for sure that Safe Chuck has told his mom, based upon one that one phrase, when Michael dies four years later, she in the documentary says she's dancing yeah. up and down, thrilled that he can no longer right. abuse anyone else. Yep. You caught on on that. Yeah, okay. Great. Yeah. All right. Now, so here's the problem. There's a lot of problems with this. Yeah. Number one... Safe Chuck is is I think at the very least misleading people if not totally lying about the circumstances surrounding his testimony or potential testimony in 2005. Mm -hmm. In my mind, if you're abused, first of all, you should be proactive and say I'm going to testify against you, you yeah. asshole. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you abused me. But okay, I get we're living in a world where we have to give the accused the benefit of the doubt. Every possible benefit of the doubt. He's mm -hmm. Michael Jackson, you're afraid of him. Well, the law is pretty clear here because we know what the judge did in that case. I don't even, are you assuming you're aware of this? No, I, I no, let me know. I'm, okay. Well, this is a big problem. Yeah. Safe Chuck's testimony had been declared by the judge off limits well before the trial. <laughs> and we know that I, I texted Tom Mesro today yeah, yeah. and Tom says to me, as I recall, the judge precluded the prosecution from claiming Safechuck was abused. I believe the judge ruled it would be too remote in time or cumulative, which, by the way, makes total sense because Safechuck is 27 years old at that time. It's over 15 years since he claims there would have he would have, he would have been in the time frame of yeah. possible uh, abuse given the supposed M.O. of Michael Jackson. Uh, Mesro goes on to say, if he had allowed it, we would have called him like we did Wade Robeson, Brett Barnes, Macaulay Culkin. Mm -hmm. I never met or spoke to Safe Chuck, but was told he supported Michael Jackson. Yep. So, so, dude, you're telling a story about a dead man claiming that he intimidated you into not testifying when you weren't allowed to testify. Yep. That, 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 so that... That's what we were dealing with, basically. Okay, so... That's but this this causes a number of other problems now. When when you blow up his story about Michael intimidating him into not testifying, now that brings into question the whole business. Well, did he tell his mom anything or anyone else? Because why would he? Yeah. He he's a non-entity in that trial. He has no reason to say that. He by the way, let's be clear, he could have easily come forward and claim to have been abused, mm -hmm. but he did not do that. Um, and so now I am left with this, this mom turning not 180, if, you, if it was possible to turn more than 180 degrees, mm -hmm. you know, it, that's what his mom is doing in this documentary. Four years later, after the trial, Michael dies, she's dancing on his grave, literally, which makes no sense. But then it really makes no sense 
when you look at Twitter and we have a tweet from Safe Chuck's cousin, you're, yeah. I, which I know you're aware of. Yeah. You want to share that? Well, I, I don't know verbatim, but I know that Safe Chuck's okay. cousin basically said, you know, that we they they hung out together and that he's lying. That okay, so up. so let's be clear. Let's let's use the context here. Yeah, let's use our do. let's use our brains here, folks. <laughs> so Michael Jackson is the biggest thing in this family's life. Okay, mm-hmm. he's a topic of constant conversation. So supposedly the Safe Chuck story is 2005. I tell my mom. Uh, that he's a bad man. Okay, fine. Somehow, I guess she interprets that this means he was really abused. Let's let's pretend, even though he never says that, yeah, yeah. she somehow she somehow comes to this conclusion. So, how does that explain that in 2013, when this is after Robeson has made his allegation? So, and and it's also important to point out the, the absurdity here just knows no end. Sachuk's story is he sees Robeson on the Today Show yeah. and goes. Voila, yeah. that happened to me. Yeah. Okay, that's really weird for a guy now in his 30s. But okay, okay, fine. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll buy for a second, except for the fact that Tony Safechuck on October 16th, 2013, tweets, my cuz and I were two of the kids that used to hang out with him, meaning Michael mm-hmm. Jackson. Great person. It's all bullshit. No settlement happened. Yeah. Now, so I guess they never informed Tony in yeah. the in the in the eight years yeah. in the eight years between yeah. the time when Safe Chuck tells his mom Michael's a bad person and the time when Robeson goes on the Today Show. They never bothered to tell Tony. Oh, by the way, Michael Michael Jackson, the biggest person in our lives, is a sexual abuser, yeah. and that and that Jimmy was abused. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm happy you're seeing all this. I mean. That's what we're dealing with right now as a family. You know, we're dealing, we're screaming a lot of the stuff at the top of our lungs, but no one's listening. Well, that to me is the way you discredit Safe Chuck story. Well, and the I thing mean, is, is that when you're telling the truth, you don't need to uh, embellish anything. You don't need, you don't need extras, and that's what I'm. That's what's so frustrating. You can tell a complete true story in less time, but they have to elaborate. They have to exaggerate, and that's the thing. So. His credibility is everything to, to me. Okay, well, let, let's talk about one other thing about yep. Safe Chuck. So like Robeson, who has an event that changes his mind, mm-hmm. which is losing out on the job, in 2013, Safe Chuck is sued for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now, uh, we have not been able to figure out how exactly that lawsuit got resolved, but we know it was for hundreds of thousands of dollars. It was here in Southern California. We know the company that sued him. I'm, I'm going to work on trying to get some details on that. But but here we have, voila, not by coincidence, I think, a huge incentive. Mm. Okay, I just got sued for hundreds of thousands of dollars in 2013. And then in 2014, I suddenly join the lawsuit with Wade Robeson against Michael Jackson yeah. for millions of dollars. Yeah. Coincidence? You know, that's the thing. My uncle's all, you know, especially if you've been entitled your whole life and, and you've been taken care of your whole life. It's like, let's jump on that gravy train now. And I, I feel that's what he they I were mean, doing. The point is that there's a clear motivation. People always say, well, what what motivation would there possibly be to claim to be a, a sex abuse victim, uh, especially as a man? Uh, and, and look, um, I think that one of the problems here is that there's a presumption that no man would ever possibly do that because it's so humiliating, so embarrassing. And obviously it is. But we're now living in a world where, let's face it, 
there it's championed now and i and i hate to say that because i'm an abuse victim myself but this whole you know these all these movements it's almost like you're lifted up it, you it, are elevated you yeah. are embraced there's yeah. an entire community which embraces you yeah. protects you uh, how brave you are how right. this you you're are. a hero yeah. and so so and and look the pendulum was in the wrong place, whatever it was, a generation or two ago, yeah. where no one believed accusers exactly. and they, they had no support. But it's almost as dangerous, maybe in some ways more dangerous, to go the other way too far. Yeah. And you agree that, that that pendulum has gone too far. I think it's gone too far. I've said that even before this happened. I said and again, you're a sex abused yeah, victim yourself. Yeah, and I, I've warned people of, of those movements. I said, hey, you know, what if it's an innocent person, you know, that you're doing this to, you know, what, you know, what if it's like credibility still matters. Don't just, you know, listen to the victims. Just don't blindly believe them. Well, one of those that blindly believed them was Oprah, who yeah. is a sex abuse victim herself. You have got, you guys have given her relationship with Michael and the fact that in, you know, she, I think it was 1993, she hosted a very high-profile primetime special from Neverland. Yeah. I mean, she was part of the Biggest Michael ratings ever, yeah. Right, I mean, huge. It was huge. And so he, you guys have got to be pissed at her, are you not? Um, not only that, she did an exclusive interview when my uncle died with my grandma and, and Michael's kids. So, I mean, this is like a backstab betrayal of no... Be, because she didn't give us the respect of even having letting us have a response to you know to well this. she read a statement yeah oh thank you oprah you know a <laughs> statement it's like that's the thing you know she basically endorsed it and took it on and and i think that was something where she should have said you know i'm doing this but if you do have something that you want in this you know they had four hours to tell their story plus oprah's thing i don't know how long right. it was because i refused right. to watch it so five let's say it was half hour or an hour so they had over four hours to tell their story and what have we gotten well you got a podcast or two. I mean, and, which we're uh, thankful for. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, grassroots, grassroots. And by the way, it's not just Oprah. You know, her best friend Gail King yeah. did several of the key interviews uh, for CBS on this. Yeah. And 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 a part of the perfect storm here, you guys even on that didn't get your full blast because the Michael Cohen testimony in the West Coast on the yeah. West Coast it didn't even air. Yep. So and, and I mean, like Gail King is going to be objective when Oprah is sanctified. Yeah. This. I, I, it's Oprah, it's, Oprah, um, according to reports, and, and I think it's in the news, Oprah watched this on her birthday on David Geffen's boat. You know, that's it's as someone that's supposed to be objective, you know, it, 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 it's really weird to, to, first of all, I don't think it's birthday material anyway. If, if it, well, I don't, it doesn't really matter to me when she saw it or where I don't, to me, the problem is she didn't ask the right questions. It, it is when you know the story of Geffen and my uncle and how, you know, there's a big, big story of that. And well, that, can you give us a, the short yeah, version? Yeah. Well, th well, one of the versions is that my uncle and Spielberg and Kattenberg were DreamWorks before mm. Geffen was part of DreamWorks and my uncle was casted out. And that's not a story. That's actually what happened. And so Geffen also, Brink and Geffen have a big rivalry. And they've. it's not me so saying- So you think that Geffen has a vendetta against Michael Jackson? Well, if you're watching this documentary on Oprah's birthday with G David Geffen, which he, which you can see pictures of, you know, it's not it's not my thoughts. It's what happened. But you, but, I mean, the theory would be then that Geffen uh, used this opportunity to pollute Oprah uh, to to promote this vendetta against Michael Jackson. Um, 
I I think that that's a safe you know w- conclusion, but okay. I I think you know didn't take much coaching. All right, let's talk in general terms about um, some of the questions that people have against about Michael Jackson yeah. in general. Uh, one of the ones I think is very legitimate is where's Janet Jackson in yeah. all this? Why is she not defending her brother? I think the thing with our family is we've always a turn the other cheek or we ignore it. That's always been the Jackson mo. Um, we don't live in that world anymore. We live in social media world where if you stay away from something, it's either people will take that as guilt or they'll take that as you know the truth and you're hiding something. Je- the thing with my aunt, and I can tell you as someone that knows her very well, she was scared that her commenting on this, would, instead of X amount of viewers watching this, times that by three, because now everyone wants to watch it. So I feel that she will still comment on it, but I think that she's waiting for it for, for the damage to be done, and then we'll comment on it. She's, well, got, a, she's got one of the strongest voices ever, well, and she knows Wade as well. She does. So you're confident that Janet Jackson knows this story is baloney? 100%. And you're confident she will eventually say something to that effect? Yes. And I think she's, I think she's going to use her punch, her right hook or left hook. She's right-handed. But she'll <laughs> use her right hook to the most effective way she can. Okay. All right. Well, that'll be interesting to watch. Um, Corey Feldman yes. is an interesting character in yeah. this because Corey Feldman was someone who was very close to Michael Jackson mm-hmm. And who was sexually abused, but not yeah. by Michael Jackson, he says. And very adamantly and, say, say and very adamantly says that. And has become an advocate, you know, a huge advocate on this issue. I mean, it's basically he's devoted his life to outing those who have committed sexual abuse. In Hollywood, yeah. And, and so you would think, I mean, again, we're, we're supposed to believe that pedophiles are magic. Yeah. You know, especially Michael Jackson. Yeah. He was super magic. He would be able to tell the most vulnerable kid. Now, Corey allegedly would be the most vulnerable mm-hmm. of all mm-hmm. uh, and would fit right into the wheelhouse of where Michael would be abusing him, but yep. never abused him despite numerous opportunities, according to Corey. And of course, Corey would have enormous incentive mm-hmm. to say, uh, even if it wasn't true, yeah. that Michael Jackson abused him. Now, he came out and very strongly said, uh, you know, this is not true. Uh, I was not abused. I don't believe this. And now, and since then, after a enormous social media backlash, which I've seen this happen many times before, I saw it in the Penn State Joe Paternal case, especially when someone is dead, they can't do anything for you. And people get afraid of losing their own base of support or they don't like being attacked. And Corey Feldman has now fallen back to, well, he never abused me, but I can no longer defend Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Can you help us understand? how this happens from a guy who's been very supportive of Michael Jackson. I think that definitely people like that in terms of, you know, when they do a 180, there's a reason behind it. There's a, there's a lot of pressure put on them from another outside source, which um, I do know what happened um, in that case. I'm not allowed to say what happened, but at the same time, Corey was basically, and this happens, you know, pure pressured or forced into saying, you know, he's, he's got a platform. And right. basically when you have a platform, people behind you say, you're no longer qualified to be part of that platform because right. you said this and that goes against our message. Which is, which is we have to accept the word of all accusers, yeah. no, all matter, the, no matter Believe how, them no matter what. Right. And so, 
so and, and and to be clear and i don't want to get you in in a, in a bad spot but you've shown me evidence of what you're talking about i i yeah i i have and and you know i'm doing that because i know also Corey feels strongly for the mj community and the mj fans and he feels strongly for my uncle in that way in terms of he feels like he's scared to betray him as well, but he's in a no-win situation. But, but see, this is where when a media narrative takes hold, it feeds on itself because when it becomes, especially in this subject matter, and I've seen this happen before in other cases, where the the media says something that's not true, but enough people buy it, and then those who are against it feel pressured into backtracking, and then the media says, aha, yeah. see, they backtracked, we were right. We were right, yeah. But, but that's not the way it works. Yeah, or, or people are scared to come forward, you know, right. in, in, in defense of my uncle, because right. they know they're gonna get hammered. Well, and there has not been that many big celebrities who have come forward to support Michael. Why would you? You're gonna get hammered you're by get, everyone. You're gonna get it's, destroyed, but, but, but also, it's interesting to point out, the reverse hasn't happened that much either, especially with Wade Robeson. Mm. Wade Robeson is someone exceedingly well-known in the celebrity community, especially the dance community, which you're very familiar yeah. with. Give me a sense of... So so where's the supporters of Wade Robeson in the dance community? Where's the supporters of him in the documentary? You know, if I was doing a documentary, I'd want to hear from his best friend. I'd want to hear how that affected his life as well. He Wade support... I feel that Wade... Uh, well, first of all, the dance community knows Wade Robson. I think he's not going to get he, the opposite is going to happen. And we've already started seeing that is that people from the dance community are outing him, basically saying what kind of character he really is. And I feel that as this got bigger and how, how as it get, is getting bigger, there's going to be more and more people doing that. I don't know, because the momentum is on the other side. I mean, the Simpsons pull this Michael Jackson episode, yeah. the radio stations across the world debating the CNN had an article today about the, the, the trouble that radio stations are in about playing Michael Jackson's music. I, I have seen this snowball go down this mountain yeah. before and it doesn't get smaller. Taj. It doesn't get smaller for now, but I think the truth, you know, the truth wins out at the end. Yeah. In what world? Where, where have hey. you been? Where have you been living? <laughs> I, I, I want to live in you. I want some of what you're smoking. You know, <laughs> well, it's the thing. The thing is, is I've been down this path. 2005, I was down this path. But he's dead now. I know. That's that's a, the world is different now. We're living in a that, different. That is very true. That is very true. There's two major things: Me Too and Michael Jackson's dead. Yeah. And and those, I, I think you guys. That's are a, a great point. That is a great because 2005 wasn't that scenario. But I can tell you, in 2005, they they banned his music in certain countries. But he was alive. Yeah. He's dead now. Yeah. And uh, he has no voice. Is what and, you're trying and, to say. And, and Me Too uh, has changed the rules. Yeah. Uh, before, and times up, yeah. Be, before Me Too, I, uh, Wade Robeson was not taken seriously. Post Me Too, he's taken his gospel. He's talking, uh, and yet his story, his story is less credible today than it was even then. Yeah. So uh, I think, and, you, you, and you're criticized for for saying something to right. to the to that effect. Are you know, you, I've been called names for defending him. You know, I've had threatening um, phone calls. I've had threatening messages. I'll show you one of them off mm -hmm. the air. In terms of like, this is. You know, they're just they're saying, how dare you do this? How dare you, you know, protect someone that is and, and it's like, right. I know other people are getting that as well. Last last question about yeah. uh, Michael. You've been very generous with your time. Yeah. It, it, and none of this proves pedophilia, yeah. but but he was obviously a very strange person in, cons in comparison to what people perceive to be normal. I mean, even just, you know, the putting blanket over the balcony. It's eccentric. Uh, I, I, I mean, the sleeping with kids, although that's been distorted, but, yeah. but the, the uh, being hanging around young boys all the time. Uh, um, 
uh, you know, the, his female relationships. I, mean, I don't think anyone buys uh, Debbie Rowe and he had a romantic relationship. Uh, I, I'm I'm open on on uh, on Presley whether or not that was real or not. But how do you explain to people who just look at that persona and go? Yeah. This isn't right. I'm willing to buy that there's a reason why it's not right. Yeah. I think there's been, I want to say 20, but it's probably close to 30 years of those kind of headlines of my uncle. And they haven't been combated, you know, with whether it's the family or him himself, he's never combated those lies. And so things like, you know, I could firsthand tell you that he loved Lisa Marie with all his art and, and, and that relationship, you know, that was never a phony relationship. So you don't believe Michael was gay? No, hundred percent. Not no hundred percent. hundred. We would talk about women all the time. Yeah. All the time. It, it's, it's crazy to hear that, but I mean, I'm telling you people don't buy that. Uh, you don't have to buy it. No, I would, I'm, I'm not telling I know. you, I'm not saying no, no, I know, I know, I know people don't have to buy that, but when you spend that, t- anyone that spent that time with them one-on-one will tell you the same stories, but we don't get, you know, our stories don't get out there. And I'm not talking about only family members. He's talked to makeup artists about that. And like, oh, that girl is so cute and all that stuff. Get, you know, can you talk to her and all that? He's, you it's, think it's partially his voice his, because his voice was so high pitched. You know, I mean, it, it can be, but my uncle Jackie has has a high, you know, has a falsetto voice as well, you know, mm-hmm. and my uncle Jackie, it's, you know, my uncle Jackie's voice is actually higher than my uncle Michael's voice, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so it's just like, I think it's the persona. And, and as you said, like certain things don't help out, like the, the, the blanket incident, mm-hmm. I can see it from what my uncle's point of view, like almost like he was showing the fans this, but then I see it from the media's point of view and the public's point of view. And it's like how reckless and whatever, mm-hmm. but so I, I'm not in a bubble, but at the same right. time, being eccentric and being different is not being guilty. I agree with that totally. You know. and, um, and and the and the sleeping with the bed, it was actually my uncle said sharing a bed. And and I've been in that situation where we've been watching and this sounds weird saying this, but like watching Three Stooges and Little Rascals, and you're like, what kind of grown you know, we'd watch that and we'd watch that for hours and hours and then we'd fall asleep and then I you know, wake up and then he would be on the floor, you know, like you know, and it's like when you see those kind of things, it's like he doesn't explain himself. He's you wouldn't want him on the stand because he he, he doesn't explain himself. Well, and Macaulay Culkin even says that mm-hmm. in an interview. He's the worst person to explain. Every interview he's done for Diane Sawyer to Oprah, he's just gotten himself more into a mess because he doesn't realize how people perceive him mm-hmm. or how people perceived him mm-hmm. because of of and, and I've used this word and I'm very careful. He was naive in a way. He mm-hmm. was naive because. That was his life, like in terms of he only lived one life. He's mm-hmm. been working since he was eight, professionally since he was eight years old. Mm-hmm. He used to talk to me about, and my brothers, he mm-hmm. used to ask us what birthday parties were like, you know, and what's it like to have a best friend? You know, mm-hmm. words like that hurt you because mm-hmm. you're like, you know, we had a career and we started early on and he kind of said, do not do that mm-hmm. later on because I didn't have a childhood. Well, and I know what you're, you're probably saying, well, yeah, you know, it, but it, I think we have to take things in context because there was never a Michael Jack, another Michael Jackson in terms of it's very hard to understand because mm. it's not what society thinks of in that way. I get it. And I'm open to that 
side of things more now than I listen I, to every. I mean, it's not just the family saying that. It's people that knew. It's people well, that even got fired from him that are bitter about him. Right. They're still saying the same story right. about him being a child. It's because that's how he was. And if enough people are saying that that know him and aren't don't have anything to gain from it, then we have to start looking at that as well. No, I, I get all that, and I have to say meeting you and Brandy and TJ over the last couple of days, the number one thing that I find as someone who's done a lot of interviews yeah. in my life, you guys are so open yeah. and, and you're so willing to answer every question. And what I find most impressive is you're open to the other side. I mean, it's not like you guys are like, no, 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 no. My uncle was not like this. Yeah. Don't tell me. Don't you know, put your hands over your ears yeah. or your eyes. I've not gotten any sense of that at all. Yeah. And that to me shows credibility it, we, and we grew up with it we you know we weren't blind to all this we weren't deaf to all this we grew up with friends asking us questions we grew up with mm. people asking us questions we've always been honest with them look this is what mm. and then when our friends would meet our my uncle they would understand and so we grew up with this so we know what the public thinks mm. yeah which is different than our uncles and our aunts who are in a different i don't want to say world or whatever but they're in a different part of that well, uh, thanks so much for your time, uh, Taj. Uh, I, I hope you guys will continue. The, well, you're gonna, you're gonna, gonna obviously you're gonna continue the fight, right? Always, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, for, the, I, for I, truth, yeah. I have a feeling this might get worse before it gets better. But, I've, uh, I've said that too, actually, unfortunately. Um, um, but uh, I wish you the best, and let's keep in touch. And uh, thanks so much for your time. Thank you very much. That's uh, Taj Jackson, the uh, nephew of Michael Jackson, the son of Tito, who has been the uh, Jackson family point person in the media in response to leaving Neverland. Make sure you check out our number one, my interview with uh, Brandy Jackson. Please share this via social media, Twitter, Facebook, word of mouth, what have you, because it's the only way that the media is going to be forced to take notice. And as always, uh, when you, if you are uh, one of those people who happens to sleep, and when you sleep, you use sheets, pay attention to this important message. My name is John Ziegler. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. Coffee? Oh, thanks. How did you sleep? Ugh, like a baby. I don't want to get out of bed, ever. These sheets are mm, incredibly soft. What did you say they're called again? Performance bedding by Sheiks. <laughs> performance bedding? <laughs> yeah. They're made from super high-tech performance fabric. They're incredibly breathable, so you're not waking up at night throwing covers off and then an hour later throwing them back on. Huh. No wonder I slept so good. Since I started using Sheiks, I sleep like a baby. No more sweaty nights for me. No? Well. <laughs> well, I like them because they're soft. They feel like, mm, silk. Performance fabric, huh? Maybe we should... Oh, I don't know. Try them out again. <laughs> <laughs> Comfort and performance for better sleep. That's Sheiks. S-H-E-E-X. Sheiks. Try Sheiks for 30 nights risk-free. Go to sleepcoolnow.com. Use promo code 1212 and get $40 off any sheet set. That's sleepcoolnow.com, promo code 1212. Sleepcoolnow.com, 1212.